that in your Bibles. Let's all stand and honor the words of Jesus as they come to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I tell you the truth. They've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. May God bless to our understanding the reading of this His word. Amen. just read and we just heard the Lord's Prayer as it comes from Matthew's Gospel. We've been hearing it for the past seven weeks, been learning it, letting it guide us in how we pray and in our own prayer lives. The Lord's Prayer is also found in Luke's Gospel. We haven't paid much attention to how it appears there, but listen to how it comes in Luke's gospel. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Different context, shorter, a little bit different wording, but basically the same form. I believe that these are two different occasions when Jesus was teaching on prayer. And it leads me to believe that what we call the Lord's Prayer was something that Jesus often gave to help people pray. There were probably other unrecorded occasions when Jesus surely spoke on prayer to people uh, as he spoke about how we pray to God. But did you notice one thing about the Lord's Prayer in both Matthew and in Luke? Where's the part that goes, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever? Amen. 
You don't find those words. Jesus didn't teach those words. And you don't find them somewhere else in the Gospels. In fact, in Roman Catholic churches and circles, when they pray the Lord's Prayer, they don't pray that last line, for thine is the kingdom and the power. You, can, you know, you can always tell a Protestant in a Catholic Mass. Uh, because when everyone else ends, and it's happened to me, when everyone else ends, deliver us from evil, the Protestant keeps on going, for thine is the kingdom, until he stops out of embarrassment from the realization that he's the only one praying in the whole place. Martha, look at the Protestant over there. He's still praying. So, if Jesus didn't teach this as part of the prayer, why do we say it? Where does this final line that we pray come from? Well, most of our earliest copies of the New Testament that go back centuries, go back almost 2,000 years, don't have that particular line in it. But a few of them do, it appears, in the copies of Matthew and Luke's gospel. And then there's a Christian document called the Didache, which means teaching, the teaching. The Didache, which was a manual for teaching that early Christian and and disciples used, uh, which tells us what some of the earliest Christians thought was important to know for Christian faith. And it says that followers of Jesus should say the Lord's Prayer regularly, at least daily, And that when they pray it, they should end with that line, Thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. The Didache goes back to the second century. So we know very early on Christians were praying uh, like this. Well, as the Lord's Prayer came to be a formal part of the way Christians prayed and a formal part of worship, and that happened very early on, uh, Christians became uncomfortable with the ending, uh, Deliver us from evil. It was kind of a downer, it was too abrupt. Uh, Surely we can end with something better than this, someone brought up, someone thought. And so, taking a page from Jewish prayer and that tradition, and Jesus was Jewish, which is always heavy on the blessing and the glory and the praise of God, they tacked on, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The words actually come from King David in a prayer that he prayed after he had finished a campaign to raise resources for the new temple, the first temple that was to be built in Jerusalem. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David prays this. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. It's adapted from that prayer of David's. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying the words of Jesus with a smattering of the words of King David thrown in. In essence, it sounded good, so they prayed it. It sounded good, and that's not a problem. To pray an affirmation that the kingdom, the power, and the glory belong to God for all eternity, that's a good thing to pray. We can pray that. God has a kingdom. That's where this is all headed. A day will come when all the kingdoms of this world, all the nations of this world will be no more. And the only thing that will be standing is God's kingdom. We affirm this when we pray, yours is the kingdom. God has power. He's in control. When we pray, yours is the power, we are praying, God, you can. 
Father, you make it happen because we believe you have the power for whatever it is we pray. God has glory. The Bible teacher John Stott said in the Lord's Prayer, Christians are obsessed with God, his name, his kingdom, his will. We've seen in the Lord's Prayer how it begins with God's concerns before we get to praying our concerns. Uh, John Stott said, true Christian prayer is always a preoccupation with God and his glory. With this final stanza, thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory. Think about it. Everything in the Lord's Prayer is fenced and enclosed with praise. It begins with the honoring and the hallowing of God's name, that God's character and his reputation be central and be the most significant reality of all. And it ends affirming his reign, his power, his glory. Everything is fenced in and enclosed with praise. Sometime when you pray, today, this week, whenever, try praying nothing but the praise of God. Think of everything God is, his nature, his attributes. Imagine all the qualities of God. Focus on him and praise him for every one of those things. If you know him, it won't be hard. And it'll be refreshing. As well as I think natural. When we pray, we, we kind of tend to focus an awful lot on ourselves and focus just a little bit on God. We can sometimes sit in the dark cells of our little world instead of living in the expansive light of God's glorious presence and power. And the bigger our picture, the bigger our knowledge of God, the different our lives will look. All the problems and the concerns that weigh us down won't go away, but they will look different. Perhaps the key to all spiritual transformation and the growth and the strengthening of our faith is a deeper and a wider awareness of who God is. And prayer should increase, always increase, our awareness of God, our picture of Him, our understanding of Him. Doesn't the Lord's Prayer just in itself give us a larger and a richer picture of God? Many people throw away, throw around the, the title and the name God with not understanding who he is or what he's really like. Right from the first word that Jesus gives us to pray, we learn he is our Father. Not just Rock, not just Lord, not just Almighty, but Father, Abba. There's an intimate, loving, trusting relationship. And in that, we learn that we are sons and daughters of the Father. Not just subjects, but we are children. We learn that our Father is holy. His character is absolutely pure, absolutely good and perfect. He's a king and a ruler. He has things he wants to see happen. He has a will. He has a plan. He cares about our needs. And he's a provider. It isn't just our spiritual needs that he's concerned with. He knows that we need daily bread. He knows the material and the physical sustenance that we require. We learn he's a forgiver. He seeks reconciliation. He seeks, he takes very seriously how we relate to others, particularly those who have hurt us. 
Our Father knows that we're in a battle. He knows that temptations come. He knows there's an evil one who is trying to pry us away from his love and his grace and who makes our lives very difficult. But God is a protector, our protector, who will deliver us from the flaming arrows of the evil one. The prayer tells us all that about God. Jesus gave this prayer to help us in our own praying. Really, we should call it the disciples' prayer. It's not the prayer Jesus needs to pray. It's the prayer he gave us to pray. And we can pray it in so many different ways. We can pray it to begin our day. We can pray it to end our day. We can pray it on both ends of our day. We can pray it word for word. We can pray it before launching into prayers that we express with our own words. It's a wonderful prayer to warm up our hearts as we pray to the Father. We can pray it line by line. We can pray it stanza by stanza. We, we, we say an idea, and then we organize our prayers based just on the spirit of that. For example, we pray our Father in heaven, and then we just take time to pray all that God is. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, and we bring before God those things that we need and that we would ask Him also to give to others. We pray, forgive us as we forgive, and we examine and take stock of our relationships and how we stand with other people. We can use the prayer as an anchor in times of stress or uncertainty, difficult things we go through. One woman in our church shared with me, she hopes that the words of the Lord's Prayer will be the last words of her life, if possible, if she can work that out. Uh, it's her habit to say the Lord's Prayer every night before she sleeps, she says, in case she doesn't wake up. She's not paranoid about that. She's not pessimistic. She's just recognizing the reality of life and death and all that can come. Uh, She also prays this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, under extreme duress in her life in times when she finds it's very challenging. And she shared this experience. She said, years ago, I was an at-risk mother for death and childbirth. When I went into labor with my son, I was being watched like mad by a herd of specialists standing by. I wrote out the childbirth process by saying the Lord's Prayer constantly for nine hours. I said it in a rhythmic cadence during labor to control pain, to be in something that was solid while my body was having its way. I said it when relaxing. When the pain got to where I could not speak it, I thought it. Well, obviously she made it through, and she had a perfect delivery, by the way. She goes on. After the whole process, my doctor stopped by and told me that he'd heard everything during labors, from fierce swearing and screaming to women cussing out their husbands, but a litany of the Lord's Prayer about a thousand times was a new one to him. I hope I have time to say it or be in process when it's time for me to move on. May there be the chance. We can say this prayer when getting ready for the important meeting or the presentation. We can certainly say this prayer with our children, within our family. We can say this prayer as we're walking, as we're jogging, as we're bicycling. There's probably no end to the way that this prayer can be woven into our lives. Because the Lord's Prayer brings all of life before our Father. Every corner, every part of our life, every room is brought before the Father. N.T. Wright 
sums up the scope of the prayer like this. He says, the prayer says, I want to be part of God's kingdom movement. I find myself drawn into his heaven on earth way of living. I want to be part of his bread for the world agenda for myself and for others. I need forgiveness for myself from sin, from debt, from every weight around my neck. And I intend to live with forgiveness in my heart, in my own dealings with others. And because I live in the real world where evil is still powerful, I need protecting and rescuing. And in and through it all, I acknowledge and celebrate the Father's kingdom, power, and glory. The Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann, said, It is an awesome matter to voice one's life before God. And our lives should therefore be awesomely uttered. It is an awesome matter to voice one's life before God, and therefore our lives should be awesomely uttered. And I think the prayer that Jesus gives us helps us do that, teaches us to do that. Seven weeks ago when we began looking at this prayer that Jesus taught, I told you that this summer while we were in Jerusalem, Nancy and I spent some time at the church of the Paternoster on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem uh, this summer. Paternoster is Latin for our Father. The church of the Paternoster is where Jesus taught this prayer to his disciples. It is a place to honor this prayer. On the walls of the church, in the corridors, out in the courtyard that encloses it, the Lord's Prayer is posted in large mosaics of various languages from around the world. Swahili, Japanese, Chinese dialects, Slavic languages, Burmese, German, Portuguese, Farsi. The Lord's Prayer is posted right now in 62 different languages at that church. And they continue to post it as different people groups come up with the mosaic in their language with the prayer. Everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, everywhere you look in this church is the Lord's Prayer. It is one of the most popular And I would say unifying spots for Christian pilgrims in Jerusalem. People from all over the world go there to honor how Jesus taught us to pray. People from all over the world know this prayer. From different tribes, from different countries, different lands, value it. They pray it. Doesn't matter if you're Roman Catholic. Doesn't matter if you're Eastern Orthodox. Doesn't matter if you're Protestant or from some other tradition. Whatever part of the Christian family you come from, we know this prayer prayer. And Christians from all over the world come and they pray together and sing it together in their own tongue where Jesus first prayed it. I'd like to ask those who are going to help me at the end of this sermon to just come up now if you want to stand behind me. I want to end this series on the Lord's Prayer by claiming this prayer that spans the church, that spans our lives, that spans the world. And I want you to listen as various people from our church pray the Lord's Prayer in another language. For some, it is their native language. For others, it is a language that they have learned in which they're proficient. Listen with your ears and with your heart. may not understand the language, but we know 
the spirit with which it's prayed, right? We know this prayer. And then we will end by all these weeks of letting Jesus teach us to pray by standing and singing the Lord's Prayer, which Jason and the musicians have been teaching us. So listen and pray. In Korean, 하늘에 계신 우리 아버지여, 이름이 거룩히 여김을 받으시오며, 나라의 임하옵시며, 뜻이 하늘에서 이룬 것 같이 땅에서도 이루어지이다. 오늘날 우리에게 일용할 양식을 주옵시고, 우리가 우리에게 죄 지은 자를 사여준 것 같이 우리 죄를 사여주옵시고, 우리를 시험에 들게 하지 마옵시고, 다만 악에서 구하옵소서. 대개 나라와 권세와 영광이 아버지께 영원히 있사옵나이다. 아멘. Japanese. 天に回しますわれらの父よ皆を崇めさせたまえ御心の天になることく地にもなさせたまえわれらの罪を犯す者をわれらが許すごとくわれらの罪をも許したまえわれらを試みに合わせず悪より救い出したまえ国と力と栄
santificado seja o vosso nome, venha a nós o vosso reino. Seja feita a vossa vontade, assim na terra como no céu. O pão nosso de cada dia nos dai hoje. Perdoai as nossas ofensas, assim como nós perdoamos a quem nos tem ofendido. E não nos deixeis cair em tentação, mas livrai-nos de todo mal. Amém. And all together we say, Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing together these words that we've just prayed.